Hey, what's up? Welcome to the Old School Gym Radio. I'm back. It's Coach Myers, and I got my co-host, Nettie G, the business boss that keeps all the gym bros in check. What up, Nettie G? What's up? And we got a special guest today, my man, former NFL running back, former Ohio State great, and present hero, firefighter out there saving people in the streets, Antonio Pittman. What's up, Pitt? What's going on? How you doing? Good, man. Good to have you back at the Midwest Mecca today. Good to be here. So, now, Pitt, me and you have worked out together for many years. But I feel like there's always been a lot of like space in between the workouts. You know, we'll get a couple good workouts in, then I might not see you for six months. You know, sometimes it's been even longer. And I'm gonna tell a quick story about the first time there was a gap in that, okay? He ghosts, he ghosts. He, he ghosted me, exactly. I'm gonna tell a story about how Pittman ghosts me. Well, first, <laughs> let's back up a little bit. How did you first come out here? Tell us about that. It was just a random. Um, one night, I came down, I was living in Cincinnati, came down with beans, um, me and him like brothers. He was like, man, you think you can box? I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> he like, yeah, well, we're going to go boxing in the morning. Just so, for the record, everyone thinks they're good at boxing. So <laughs> I'm like, uh, all right, cool. So we wake up, we drive out here, and we get a good session in. We lift first, and then we box. And so from that day forward, I, I kept coming back out here. He went ghost. <laughs> well, that, was was Dustin with you when you boxed the first yeah, yeah, yeah. time? Yeah, okay, Dustin, gotcha. Dustin was here. Okay. Dustin was the first one. That's first person have, I met. We used okay. to have the ring out in the front room. Oh, you went, yeah. oh. Yeah, the ring was in the front room. Back. Old school. Probably old like school. 2012 okay. or something. It was way back. Yeah. 13 maybe. Okay. But yeah, so Beanie quit coming. You you kept coming for a while though. Yeah, Beanie's quit and I kept coming. Um, I, I remember too, like at that time, Beanie had that boot on. And he yeah, just he did. just tore his Achilles. So... Every time Beanie would come out, all we could do was lift up her body. And yeah. I remember you kept saying, like, man, I want to do legs. I want to do legs. I said, well, you know, I do legs with the wrestling team on Fridays. You know, so if you want to, if you want to do legs, you got to come down to the wrestling room. And then you did come. So tell us about that. It was the biggest mistake of my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, from a standpoint of, like, me being a former athlete and being super competitive, it's like you always feel like you still got it. So... Me having done, doing legs, I go to the gym and I squat and I run, but never pushing myself to the limit to where I used to be. So I'm like, I can go down, there. I can hang with these college kids, man. I'm gonna go yeah, ahead. some I'm college gonna, wrestlers, you know. I'm gonna get it in, <laughs> see what I can do. It all started wrong with the squats. So we did squats and then we started doing these heavy step step ups, and um, well, I remember you did good on the squats and the step ups because you you were so strong. You've been lifting a lot, you know. But I remember thinking, like, after the step up, some of the accessory stuff, you thought we were done. And you kind of had that look like, I made it. I gave him my all. I made it. I'm like, yeah. now, now we got to do the sleds. And then we started doing these sleds. And, <laughs> but it wasn't just your normal sleds. It was a competition sled. So that right there automatically put me at the peak. So I was already tired. But I'm like, I'm not about to let these kids beat me. At the time, I'm 32 now. So I'm like 26. And I'm like... And I still got it. Because deep down, I still want to play football. So I'm like, you know what? Let's see how I do in this workout. I think after that workout was the deciding moment that football was over. <laughs> and I, ru- I ruined it, your dream. It's time to move on. Now, seriously, I mean. Well, I remember we, it was a sled relay race. And um, so we had to go across the wrestling room and back. There was a bunch of weight on the sleds. And you're racing against all these guys. And you gave it everything you had. But on the way back, you started, I could see you running out of gas. You got to about 10 feet from the end, and you collapsed face down on the mat. And I thought, okay, he's just taking a breather. He's going to get back up. You really could not get back up and finish. No, nah, I couldn't get up. I couldn't drive home. Um, no, he was hurt. And uh, 
the best part was like you know so these guys were it was I think it was in the summertime they were the red shirts or the incoming freshmen so these guys even though they're wrestling for Ohio State they're young 17 18 19 years old they're young enough that they don't even know who Pittman is they just think he's one of my buddies that I brought in so they're kind of looking at me like coach who's this scrub you brought here you know <laughs> <laughs> now they did me in like, seriously they did me in but rightfully so man I mean well the, the moral of that story is I don't think you talked to me for a year after that you wouldn't return my call it, it was disappeared didn't come back to old school gym. It was about, honestly, it was about a year, year and some change. <laughs> I had to go find man. myself. <laughs> I had to go get myself together before I came back in here. I mean, honestly, I mean, I, I remember throwing up. I pulled out the parking lot, stopped at a gas station, got some fluids, and I kind of fell asleep in the car for like 45 minutes. I had to come together. In the gas station. I had to come together. I wasn't about to fall asleep in that weight room. You man. passed out. That's yeah. not falling asleep. Now, okay. Eddie, what, what do we call that? The dark place. Yeah, you to, but, I, but you might have went further than the dark place. No, I was, well, I, I was there, man. It, it was bad. The, the important thing to take away from that, though, is if Pittman wasn't such a competitor, he would have never got to that point in the first place because you know he, his body wasn't conditioned for that workout, and most people would have quit or not gave maximum effort. So they wouldn't have put. They might have. Maybe they'd have thrown up. Maybe they'd have got tired. But they wouldn't have got to that place where it was like the end of the earth. And the only reason he got there is because he was so competitive and he didn't want to let these guys beat him. You know, so that was I, a bad decision. <laughs> bad decision. At thirty-two, no, nah. <laughs> wouldn't try it. Now I, I'll try to work out again. Now don't get me wrong. I would definitely still go out there and compete the same way. But now I'm in a lot better shape. Like my career depends on me being in shape. So, so, so tell us about your career now. What are you doing now? I'm a firefighter, um, and actually, I found my career in old school gym. Oh. Um, yeah, Nettie didn't even know that. I know, That's I did. Crazy I situation. Like, seriously, like, Vince started bringing me out here, and then I started coming on my own. Dust introduced me to Kevin. Okay. Kev, Kevin yeah. McFarlane. McFarlane. Yes. He, he, yeah. he harassed me for about a year. Like, every time I was seeing him, it would just be like, man, you should do it, you should do it, you should do it. And I'm like... I'm not running into no damn building. <laughs> and, burning um, building, yeah. Yeah, burning building at that. <laughs> so it was just ironic. Um, I came down here from Cincinnati on a weekend. And um, I told Beans, I'm like, man, I need to figure out something. I need to figure out what I'm going to do next. Play football. Um, play football and then just just trying to find that your, your niche. After it, I mean, I tried some media, I tried some things, some different things, but ultimately, that's something a lot of guys have a hard time with, right? Is that the transition after they're done in college or the league or whatever, finding what's next for them to really focus on? Absolutely, because there's no game plan and there's no, there's no guideline. You all, everyone that comes into college comes in with this plan. I'm gonna do three to four years, and I'm gonna go get paid. That's the plan. Mm-hmm. You never look at it to because everybody that comes to Ohio State or to any D1 program for that matter was the man at their school. Mm-hmm. So you, you so for some that don't even get on the field, it's a it's a shock that I'm not even playing. So I, I never experienced that because I ended up playing right away and I was thankful for that opportunity and I actually had a, a solid career here. So I was fortunate enough to leave in three years. And you know, I did my three years, and then I had three years in the NFL, and then, boom, I'm hurt. And I'm hurt. I have a microfracture. Um, pretty much that took my career away from me. So for, for two years, I just couldn't do anything but rehab. Um, and then I spent another year and a half trying to get back into playing. So that's almost four years. But now it's you behind the eight ball. So, so now I'm super behind the eight ball. You've had the injury. You've had the time off. And 
there's no shortage of new guys coming up that have taken your spot or what could have been your spot. Well, you have to look at it like this. And me being older now, more mature, you have to really look at the grand scheme of things. When I came in, I took somebody else's job when I got drafted. So my draft class came in, and then you have the guys that were already free agents the season before, and then the guys who got released in the jobs I took. So then you fast forward three years, and those three, those three years of those guys trying to come in, and then you have three more draft class, three more years of free agency. So you compare that up and you pile those numbers up, and then you really look at the odds stacked up and you being in that pool, and it's like, all right, so now you got three and a half years of not playing. So this is a total of nine years, basic nine classes of free agency and drafts combined. Mm-hmm. So you, so now you're looking at almost 1,200, 1,300 running backs to play for, what is it, 29 teams, 28 teams? Oh. And it's four running backs on each team. So then you do the math on that. That's roughly like 120 guys. So you want to pull up. You got 1% again. So you, as you break it back down, you're starting to look at the numbers and you're like, Yo, this isn't coming. It's not happening. And you got to go back to being in high school where you were that guy. You were that star. And everywhere, everywhere you go, everybody asking you, like, man, what's going on, man? You going to play football? You going to play football? Who you playing for this year? And you're like, man, I'm tired of hearing this shit. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Because right. it, it's more to you than just a football player. You know, I... You probably want to look at people sometimes and say, like, man, I'm not bugging you about your job. I'm not asking you about your child support or, you know, like, if you got a raise, like, I'm, you know, like, well, why the, are you asking me about In the grand scheme of things, you don't want to be, like, a, a asshole to him. <laughs> and you, to seriously, because you, you look at it and you be like, man, like, what I made in three years is, like, let's add it up. Like, why are you asking me about my career and what I have going on as if you didn't chase the same dream your whole life and didn't get past the high school level? Mm-hmm. But to, for, to, but to say that to someone is, is disrespectful. But to keep asking somebody what's going on in their career path is extremely disrespectful. But to them, you know, it's an aha moment. I, I knew he wouldn't make it or, you know what I mean? So you got to put everything together and, and just bite the bullet and, and, and just really look at it like, man, you know what? I'm fortunate enough to be in this space to have this opportunity. You know, you look back at it on Pee Wee and you say you have 50 kids on you play football from the age of 8 to 14, and you play, that's six years pretty much, and you got 50 kids on each team. You didn't play football with 300 kids from 8 to 14. Then you go to high school where you got 70 kids on one team. Four years of that, that's 28, 280. So then you do the math, that's 580 kids, and then you look at, from that 580 kids, how many kids actually make it to the NFL. I can count three kids that I played with in high school. But then you get criticized because your career isn't an Eddie George or a LaShawn McCoy or Adrian Peterson. You know, everybody's not fortunate enough to have that, that, that longevity and that long career. It's just not for everybody. But the thing about it is you can't lose yourself within that. Right. So you had to find your niche. And I found my niche here in this gym. And like I said, I hit Kevin up one day and I, it's just random. Like, man, tell me about this firefighter stuff. <laughs> and, he was like, I'm at my son's baseball game. I'll give you a call back. 30 minutes later, he called me. We sat down, and he said, man, this is Wednesday. He said, they start a new class on Monday morning. If you can get there, go up there today and get the application. So I drove all the way out. I drove out here from Westerville. Um, they, the people in the front desk looking at me like I'm crazy. Like, dude, these kids been signed up for this class a year ago. We have a spot. But if you can get everything in by Monday, by Friday, you can start. I'm like, no problem. I went to Ohio State, so I get my transcripts from there today. 
So I made one phone call, had those sitting waiting for me at the Yonkin. Um, so I had my sister go pick those up, called my mom. She went down to the Board of Education in Akron, grabbed my high school transcripts. So I drove to Akron Wednesday night. By Thursday morning, I had all the information, paperwork signed up. And that's how I became a firefighter and started here. So do you think at that point, like, since you obviously you made it happen that week to get everything in line so that you could take that next step, do you think it was because right then you knew, like, yes, this is what I want to do? Or was it more like you were so lost in all the other stuff, you thought this could be it? You know what I mean? Or do you, th- do you feel like you already knew? You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, no. For me, I knew I, for me, I was honest with myself and knew that I couldn't do a desk job. Right. I needed to do something physical. Like, growing up, I was always into fashion, like shoes and clothes and all of that. And that kind of seemed so far-fetched to try to get into that and trying to pretty much do the background and the research for it. And I know I'm not the person that's going to sit there and just be like, I'm about to figure this out and make this work. I get frustrated with it and be like, the hell with it, on to the next. But I knew with with the firefighting, it would be physical, it would be challenging, and it would still give me that competitive edge right. that I've always been seeking. And first day I show up, I have no gear. Yeah, I was going to say, did you do any research no, I did beforehand? Not. Like <laughs> Zero. Never no, that's seen what I'm saying. Like, did you, like, obviously you Zero. talked to Never seen a truck, never touched a pack, never touched a pair of boots. Gloves, so, ignorance is bliss. Because yeah, if you would have researched, nothing. it might have been bad. Hey, hey, okay. Just no. walking in, ready to go. Just ready to go. <laughs> and um, I get there, they hand me these books. The hell, I got to read for <laughs> like, you, you telling me, it, it, it's, it's science to this? It's math? they like, yeah, you need to learn a lot. Like, friction loss. And so, you have to, so take that back. If you would have known that before the Wednesday, would you have Okay. I wouldn't have did it. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I wouldn't have did it because, you know, you, you look back at it and, and the ultimate goal for me was, it was never, like, I, I enjoyed playing football. I did. But um, the ultimate goal was for me to take care of my family. You know what I mean? Like, my grandmother was sick. My brother had passed when I was in the eighth grade. He didn't have a headstone until I got drafted. You know what I mean? So that was my goal, wow. to take care of my brother, get my brother situated, get my grandmother situated, take care of my mom, and make sure my kids are straight. That was my goal. Football really wasn't, it was, it was the plan, but it was the outlet. Like, I really had nothing else pretty much going for me in that point. I wasn't a great student. I'm not an idiot, but I kind of put myself in a in an odd spot academically because I was lighting the candle on both ends pretty much. Mm-hmm. Like, I was really good in sports, but I grew up in the streets. My friends is in the streets. My brother is in the streets. My family is in the streets. But I'm really, really good in sports. So it was just an odd situation to where my junior year happened. And I rushed for 2,600 yards and 35 touchdowns. And then I have 40 offers. And I'm like, oh, shit, I got an opportunity to leave here? Right. But I flunked my freshman year. So now... I got colleges coming to the high school. Notre Dame came to my high school and said, you're good, but you won't qualify, so we're not offering you. So I had to go to night school, had to go to summer school, I had to retake classes. Like my whole senior year, my whole summer, the end of my junior year, my whole summer going into my senior year consisted of night classes and summer school. Now, were you pushing yourself? Was that just you? Like I know. Oh, my, my, um, my yeah, uncles, like, collectively 
So what happened the freshman year? They just you were high kind, Yeah, you were just kind of like off on on your own. Because I mean, I wasn't like off had- on my own. I was just I was broke. You know what I mean? Like we were broke. Um, we had situations going on within our household. You know, I mean, it was just I was in that weird transition to where I wanted things, and then like I had some family members that was just heavily involved in that way and I'm seeing the, the glitz and the glamour and everything that come from that and I'm like did you play football your freshman year yeah I played okay. football but I broke my leg I got hurt oh, okay so I broke my leg I had also a, too I think at that point probably the idea of college and the NFL would have been felt like it was, so, it, far it was away. so far away it was so far away like even growing up you know what I mean like just, just my, like you said school was kind of a vehicle for you for football and football was a vehicle for you to succeed at that point, like it wouldn't even made sense to really concentrate on school because college and NFL. That was it, so, it just so seemed so far away. Like right. it, it honestly did. Like growing up, like my father played Division One football at Purdue. He was a okay. free safety. Started three years. He blew his knee out his senior year of college. So me and him have had no relationship growing up. But I lived with my grandmother, and I could not walk past. I couldn't go up the stairs without seeing his Big Ten Player of the Week trophies, all his plaques, all of his accomplishments every year. I'm talking about the Peach Bowl, the Blue Bonnet Bowl, the Cotton Bowl champs. Like, I'm seeing all of this, and it's like, I'm better than you. And they're like, well, you got to prove it. But it, to me, it was just like the reality of me making it. It's like he had his father in his life. My grandfather was heavily involved. He was the vehicle behind. He funded the whole process. I didn't have that funding at that time mm-hmm. until I started taking it serious. That's when everybody else took me serious because I was, like I said, I was lightning on both ends. I was going to school, staying eligible just for football. And when football season was over, I was still going to school every day. It was just like, what are you doing in school? Mm-hmm. Like, you're not getting nothing accomplished. Um, you pretty much got a D average. And like I said, my junior year for my junior year changed my whole life. Seriously, it, it honestly did. Well, at least when that opportunity came, you had well, not just you, I guess your uncles also. Everyone kind of had the foresight to see, like, listen, we gotta we gotta do something about this, or the opportunity is gonna pass you by. Oh, I wasn't, think, how many, think how many kids, then they don't write the ship at that point. Oh, I wasn't gonna let it. Gone. I wasn't gonna let it. Like honestly, right. like when I came up here and I graduated, I ended up graduating early and enrolling in the spring because Reese Reese had did it. Two years before that. Right. So I followed that path. I'm like, I'm getting out of here. But once I got up here and I seen just a totally different environment, it was just totally different. I'm like, I'm not going home to that because I had already had at that point in time, um, my high school quarterback, he went to Pittsburgh and he ended up getting kicked out. He ended up getting kicked out of school. And I want to say maybe like two months later, he killed somebody. Oh, so he ended up going to jail for murder. So I'm looking at the whole situation. I'm like, I'm not coming back to Akron. But by that time, all my friends that had went to college had already quit and was back home. And so I could go to college and do my work, play football, come back, and ain't nothing changed. Mm-hmm. So as we got older and we, as years kept rolling, a year or two, they still, their highlights was coming up here and hanging with me and coming to icebreakers up here and partying up here on campus. And they like, Yo, man, it's the best time in the world. I'm like, man, I'm not leaving this to come back right. to to what we got, what y'all got going on here, which was pretty much a whole bunch of nothing. You know, my best friend ended up finding his niche, and he's been working for the gas company down there for 12, 13 years now. But that was by him applying himself and looking for a different outlet. 
But everyone else that I came up with in high school pretty much is unemployed and in the streets. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing about you know, kind of the, the smaller, kind of run-down, blue-collar cities, you know, whether it's Akron, Youngstown, Stoneville, all these towns in Ohio, like, it can almost be a, you can still do positive things in those cities. I have friends that stay back there that Definitely do positive can. things, but they can also be kind of a trap. The people either don't want to leave, can't leave, or they try to leave, and then they just get sucked back into it, their old, their old life, you know, and then they just keep doing whatever it is they've always been doing. Yeah, I mean, it's bad because you look at it like, I remember growing up, my mom's boyfriend at the time, he worked at Goodyear. And I remember Goodyear pretty much stretching out like seven, eight blocks of just being like massive buildings, like heavy production, like city booming. And then um, she started dating him when I, I take my childhood back to like streets because I remember from time frames, like, <laughs> we lived on this street from second grade to fifth grade. So right, right. from when I was like eight to, well, from like seven to 10, we lived on Staddleman and that's when he worked a good year. And he still worked there when I was in middle school, so like seven to 13. Um, he worked at Goodyear, but, time, but when I was 14, time to go to high school, Goodyear was condensed down to one building. And pretty much all those guys were laid off. Mm-hmm. And now to this day, you still have all those massive buildings, but no production in them. It's just space. And so you basically seen the economy just flip flop upside down. And but then you look across the stretch, you go up to Youngstown, you see the same thing. Right. You know, where, where it was business, business was booming with the factories and everything that was going on. Cause yeah, that whole area was the rubber capital of the world. You had Firestone at one point, you had Goodyear. Mm-hmm. And that was all the money. I mean, you look back and you look on TV and you see that they having a golf tournament in Firestone Park. And you're like, they, what are they doing at Akron? Mm-hmm. But it was a big thing down there. You know, that golf course, they put money into that. Akron was booming. That whole Northeast Ohio had a lot of hope and promise and it's like, you see it just tank down and you and then you look back at your childhood and then you grow up and you now that you're an adult you know and you see like your friends pretty much struggling within that area and i try to go back as much as possible and i try to help but it's only so much i could do because i don't want to get caught up in their situation i don't be honest with you those are my friends and yeah you I, can't let someone else's problems become your problems oh absolutely and that's what can happen and i learned the hard way with that you know what i mean i felt like i could help everybody at one point and you try to go out there and you do things and and just to try to help those guys out and help them get ahead. But the reality of it is, is I don't know what they do Monday through Friday and I'm coming down here on Saturday. So I don't want to get caught up in your mess on Saturday and Sunday from your Monday through Friday problem. Seriously. So I had to just separate myself from it because if you got a Monday through Friday problem, don't call me on Saturday. Saturday. Absolutely. Because you don't know what they do. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's just, you caught up in that situation and they're not going to be completely honest with you until the confrontation confronts all of y'all. You're like, what's really going on here? This is going way deeper than working out. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, take us back. Your junior year is transitional for you. At that point in time, are you lifting weights? Like where does the weight training, actually getting in the weight room start to impact you? Is that when you get to yeah, state? I've, like, I've met plenty of like gifted D1 athletes, you know, big time football players and stuff that they were so gifted athletically, they never really got into lifting weights. You've always struck me as someone that you love to lift weights, like the grind of it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you just fake it when you're around me. Nah, I like hard work. Okay. Like, I'm, I'm not afraid of that. And that's the thing. When I come around you, I know it's time to work. Like, I'm not afraid to get down and work out. So that's why I work out on my own still. But I know when I come in here, it's going to be that grit, that grind. When I was in college, I came in at like 165. I left here at 190. I lift no weights in college. I'll be completely really? honest with you. Only thing I did was squat. 
Okay. Um, all because, and this this goes back to our conversation that we had downstairs. Like for me, it was always built on what you had in your heart. All that muscle didn't mean nothing because it's just when you get on that field. All them curls and that leg press, that ain't going to help if you ain't got no heart to, to go behind it. Seriously. No. And for me, I was never scared to run up against anybody. Like, no matter who you were what it was, you hit me, I'm coming at you full-fledged 120 times. Harder than that. So my thing was, you're a smaller guy, you're playing in the Big Ten, everybody, wanted, they going to doubt you. So just be that, be that element of surprise. I think you were known for having a real physical running style. That's why I always enjoyed watching you run, because you weren't the biggest guy. You weren't the fastest running back. I mean, you had some speed. I'm not trying to say you didn't. But you were <laughs> hard-nosed. You. You, you would always run hard. Let me, break it, let me tell you something, though. I got the fastest 40 in Ohio State history at the Combine really? running, for running backs. The fastest out of all of them that came through here. That's impressive. 4-4 four, four flat. Electric. I stand corrected. <laughs> fast. See, and, that, yeah, and if you got a four four flat, that's a four two five when your coach got the hand timer. <laughs> and, and that's that's the thing about it. I just always wanted to be. But why? I'm gonna go with you. You really weren't that fast. You just ran with so much heart. Now you when 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 the <laughs> you gotta hit them before they hit you. Right. And that's the thing about it, man. It was just never about the weights. I knew my body. I was a smaller frame guy. I just wanted to be in great shape and have that leg drive that had carried me over through the fourth quarter. As long as my legs didn't give out, anything else upper body, I feel like I could handle. Um, and that was the thing, man. I just wanted to just keep hitting guys in the mouth consistently and just try to wear the defense down as much as possible. I knew the guys up front was going to help me out a lot. I knew Tresson was going to put me in some positions to win. But overall, it just came down to just straight up heart and gut check and, and what, was, what was in me. And that was just... I look back on my childhood and I wasn't going back there and right. I had some things that I need to accomplish and I had a kid on the way. So it was like, man, let's get to the business. You ain't, your legs is only this big. You ain't going to never have no calf muscles. So you're going to have to get in this weight room, just going to squat. And that's all I did. I think I ended up squatting like, I think I maxed out like 595 or something. And that was my squat in college. Um, that's impressive. Yeah. Like that's my, my pre-combine training, I remember lifting 225 three times for pre-combine training. But I ended up doing it 17 at the combine. Oh, okay. I was going to say, if you so did I, that at the combine, that's weird. No, no, no. I did 17 at okay. the combine. But, I mean, that just goes, like, I didn't lift weights. I didn't right. start lifting weights because I never seen, when they tried to get me to lift weights, I looked at it as a form of punishment in college. So I wanted to do my <laughs> own thing. Like, I, right. you was going to run me to death. I didn't have no, really no leeway to go do the things I wanted to do. Tress was like a real stickler on time. So if we wasn't in school, we was at the Woody almost 13, 14 hours a day. And I was like, man, I'm not about to keep being over here doing this. <laughs> so I looked at lifting as a form of punishment. But I would always go in there on leg day and get after it. And when he wanted me to run, I would run. But it wasn't until I started getting prepared for the combine and I started physically seeing my body change. And then a girl came to me like, Hey, you getting big? I'm like, yeah, you know what? It's kind of always what does it, right? <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and stay in this weight room. Oh, <laughs> and that's that. what did it. Though. That's what really got me into it. But I never really understood the weights. I mean, even in high school, I mean, I went to Bookto, and we didn't have the resources that a, another school would have. We had right. a couple benches, squat rack. We had. 
Yeah, did you even have a designated weight room, or was it just kind it of in the gym? Room, gym? But it was like, put it this way, they probably didn't have much. a strength coach on staff, and they didn't have the structure program. There's probably some weights in there for you to go in and lift. A they were bit. teaching kids how to hang clean, and this was the most awkward movement. <laughs> Somebody was gonna get hurt eventually, right. and and that's pretty much what it was. But we relied on talent, mm-hmm. and that's what we had. We had a talented team. I mean, we sent a lot of kids into school and weights just wasn't in the factor and, and you see that a lot though within like a lot of the inner city program high school programs where kids come in and have no weight lifting training whatsoever so what happened um when you did get into the nfl was there a higher focus on the weight room did you take that more seriously then i think i took it too serious to oh. be honest because okay lifting weights wasn't it was something that it, it kept me in shape like it, it kept me there it, it was there i, li- I use weights as a as a form of rehab. But for a guy with my frame, I never played with that much weight. So it kind of changed my running style, changed my body. I didn't have a happy medium. Oh, so okay. You got a little bit too big. I got too big. It slowed, it slowed you down. It slowed yeah. me okay. down and I was okay. stiffer and I couldn't move the same move. So my timing was completely off. And that's the thing where, where, where God, you have to find your medium within it. You know, and I, and I got kind of obsessed with lifting weights. You know what I mean? Like, this was one Were you the, getting more compliments from the ladies? Well, the affliction, shirt, the affliction <laughs> shirts came out. The guys stopped wearing, like, the, the 4XTs and the, the 42 pants went out of style. And it's right. more form-fitting clothes. And so now I got obsessed with it. And I'm like, man, you know, I'm about this tight-ass shirt and these tight pants. And, 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 it, and it changed me, though. I don't care who you are. There's something about... Everyone, no matter, you know, I don't, no matter what level of athlete you are, if you love to lift weights, deep down... There's a big part of it that's like, well, yeah, because I, I like the way I look like this, you know. Absolutely. So you, you want you people want to divorce themselves from that, but really, that's still the root of it. It never Everyone changes. Likes the way they look when their muscles are big. It never changes because you can buy a shirt and you like the way you looked in that shirt a couple years ago, maybe a couple months ago, and you didn't slacked off on it, and then you go back to you put that outfit on, and that outfit don't fit the same, and you like, yeah, I gotta go ahead and change real quick, <laughs> but I gotta get back to it. So I mean, it's it's all about it. I tell you, I want to uh, I want to change gears for a second. I kind of want to go back to the firefighting thing. So let's talk about now. Obviously, you you played at you know the highest level in athletics. You think you know the when you think of, like some of the games you've been in. You know whether it's a national title game or NFL games, the stakes are very high and something like that. And when people think talk about athletics, a lot of times they compare them to you know life and death situations. Like we're going to war with this team, or like every you know they. They try to, that's the way they use to kind of motivate the team or to motivate themselves. But now you think about what you're doing on a daily basis, the stakes are much higher. So th- talk about kind of your mindset when you go into, when you guys get a call. Like what is the feelings that go through your mind? And like, does your competitive nature kind of play into that when you guys get to, you know, a structure fire or when you have to try to rescue someone, you know? Same mindset as football for me. Okay. Same mindset. I look at it the same way. I look at it, um, like my day-to-day comes as like, when we're just sitting around in the day room, eating dinner, just talking, as us being in the locker room, just shooting the birds, same thing. But when the, the siren go off and it's like, it's a distinct bell. So it'd be like a weird pitch, like a regular call is coming out. But at the end of it, it'll make a weird noise. And that's when you know it's a structure fire. So for me, it's like same game plan, gearing up for the game, big game, getting your helmet on. Because your mindset has to be the same because- Because you can't be scared. Well, you can't be scared, but at the end of the day, I have kids. I got people that's dependent on me, so I have to come home. Right. So I got to make sure that everyone else 
And it's not for me to make sure because I'm not the lieutenant, I'm not the captain, I'm not the guy riding up. I'm the backstep. I'm the lowest man on totem pole because I'm newer. But they thinking that they're making sure that I'm ready. I'm looking at them because I know what I'm about. And I know I'm not going to let... I'm not going to let them die. But I need to know that you're not going to let me die. So my game plan is to make sure everybody's focused. Everybody's ready. You know, I, I started something to where I collectively get guys on my shift to come work out with me. So we work out together. We eat together. And... Just creates that bond. Well, it creates that bond. But at the end of the day... They've been doing this a lot longer than me. They know techniques to where you're working smarter, not harder. So I'm not fatiguing myself and we out there in a ripping fire for three and four hours. Because it can happen. You know, you just can't get a grip on it and, and it's just going. So you're there for three, four hours. And where I'm at, we're at a, a smaller department to where we might only have 13 guys on staff that day. So four hours in a fire, that can spin you. Especially if you get that fire at 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock in the morning. You still got... To seven o'clock the next day until you get off oh. so you still got 22 hours of work that needs to be done so you got to learn how to preserve yourself and make sure that you're eating right and that you're in good shape because it's about the long haul you know what i mean this is a career this isn't the, it, this isn't the nfl where it's the three years and you out two years and you out are you going to get a quick buck and, and try to make the most out of it. Like, this is longevity. You're looking at this for 25, 30 years plus. And that's what it takes to get your pension to right. retire, 25 years. So for me, you know, these guys that have been there longer, they've already conditioned themselves and they know how to push themselves and, and, and last. But for a guy like me that's that's very high strung coming in and, all, and just wants to be super competitive and, and, and really wants to work and prove myself, like, I need, we need each other. And, and, and that's the thing about it. Like, we need each other. And I get those guys, and they work out with me. And if that's the, if me bringing the workouts to the firehouse is what I bring to the table at this point in my career, I'm fine with that. Right. Because I'm soaking up some knowledge of, of a guy that's been here 26 years. I can't go buy that anywhere else. I can't read a book on all the knowledge that he has, all the things that, that he's seen. Even a guy that's been there two years, 10 years. You know what I mean? It, it just changes. It's like being a, a rookie again in the situation. When I was in college and Beans came to me, it was just things that I knew that I figured out on how to play this game and how to map it out to where, bro, if you just do this, you can set this up. You know, like, work smarter, not harder. Like, figure it out. You want to you wanna make this last. You don't want to give it all you got in the first quarter. You still got three more, and you might have overtime. You know what I mean? So you, you got to learn how to preserve yourself and figure it out. And, and that knowledge that I'm getting from those guys, man, is just unbelievable. And to tie everything all back together, it's hand in hand. Same mentality. Football, firefighting. I think if two things can correlate the same, in, in like two sports, well, firefighting's not a sport and I look at it like it is. But if, if you can find two career paths that's identical for like any former athlete, you're looking for that itch. I, I honestly think I'm not trying to promote it. I'm not trying to do whatever. I thoroughly enjoy it, and it's not work to me because it's the same. Like when the fire comes, you still get that same drive as if it's fourth and one, and you want to run into somebody and you want to score to win a touchdown. You know what I mean? Like I'm dealing with overdoses on the daily. You dealing with you dealing with real life problems, real but, life situations. But the reality of it is, it's like. 
this is somebody else's worst day. And it's a day of work for you. But to me, it's it's just a, it's a day of work. And to help somebody and get that satisfaction out of it, it puts everything in perspective. The way I grew up, what I've overcome, um, what I've accomplished, and where I'm at now. And what I'm going to accomplish. Because this isn't like the end of it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm super competitive. Even even in firefighting, I don't want to be no damn firefighter the rest of my life. I want to be the chief. <laughs> you, you know what I'm right. saying? Right. Yeah, though. Yeah. Like, you have to have goals. I mean, who, who wants to sit there and be just a, a regular guy? Like, nah, I got yeah, You don't want to be the guy on the back of the ladder forever, right? No, I, I don't. <laughs> Some people's fine with that. Right. But, you know, my, my plan was always, if I played football, I wanted to be the best. You know I'm Firefighter, I want to be the best. I want to run the place. I, like that—that's my—that's my goal. You know what I mean? I'm never gonna set like settle and just be average. So I'm soaking up as much knowledge as I can right now to potentially um, like that rookie again. That's trying to knock that veteran from his spot. And I—I <laughs> I hate to put it like that, but but if you're not competitive and you're not looking to advance in this in, in any career or any aspect in life, then what are you really doing it for? Cause I'm not doing. I don't do anything to get praise from my peers. I'm not looking for that. I don't need that. I need praise from my kids. You know what I mean? I do. I do what I have to do to make sure my kids and my family are straight. I could care less about what the next man thinks. So my goal is to put a smile on my kids' face and make sure that the people who I have around me, genuinely on the day to day, know that if anything go wrong, I'm gonna make sure I, I get it right. And so. I'm trying to shoot to be the chief one day. Well, I'll tell you, I know you say you don't like to, uh, or you don't count on praise from your peers, but I know I'm really proud of your pick because I've seen the whole transformation from, you know, fresh out of the NFL to, uh, you know, your new career as a firefighter right now. I'm really happy for you. And most importantly, you did much better on the sled workout today than you did <laughs> at the Ohio State wrestling room. About no, no y'all, y'all play, the, y'all play this, this <laughs> gym. Like, honestly, this gym, uh, you, Beans, Kev, this gym has like was like one of the like leading factors in the move that I made. You know what I mean? Because it was it was a catalyst in some ways. It, it definitely was. It definitely was. Like you can't. I never forget where I came from. Like I'm one of them people. Like I'm always gracious for everything. Every opportunity that came my way. You know what I mean? Like I don't. I mean you know how I am. I don't deal with a lot of people. I mean anybody that know me know that. Like my friends is my friends. The people I associate with. That's it. I'm not into meeting new people and having like no, you definitely got you definitely got a small circle yeah like new people in my circle like nah (laughs) this is what it's gonna be like i don't need that and because i i'm not a click jumper i'm I'm, i support who supported me and that's i think how life should be right you find your niche you don't bail on people when things get hard or rough or or whatever because you never know what they're going through mentally you know what i mean and the people that supported me and been in my corner has always been in my corner you know what I mean? Like, you never came in here and you never, like, man, what you got going on? You know what? Let's get to work. Let's get to work. Let's get to work. Oh, you're doing a firefighting stuff? All right, well, Kev is doing this, too. Kev can bring some gear in here. Got Jacob's ladder. Let's do this. You know what I mean? You've always pushed me to, to the limit. Even today when we're doing the leg workout, you went over there, you grabbed the hose. You know what I mean? But to me, that's, that's my work. That's my job. Right. I'm going to be geared up with some weight on me. The weight ain't going to be the machine that we were using. It's going to be all my gear, a 45 pound pack on my back a ladder and i'm gonna be dead tired humping hoes yeah, and it correlates you missed it today netty so we did the uh we did the atp walks but holding the fire hose like overhead and on our shoulders oh. 
Yeah, yeah so and I, I, I wouldn't have thought to do that today either. Rather, yeah, well, smart. I'm thinking, all right, I want to do some job-specific stuff for Pittman. We're going to kind of train, train to be firefighters. That's what he is now. So. Absolutely. And, <laughs> but it, it makes sense. And, and But that mentality right there, man, it's like, like the whole time I'm thinking about it, I'm like, man, I'm going to get this video. And I'm going to send it to the guys that I work with on shift. And, you know what I mean, my goal is to have them come down one weekend or whatever and, and we all train. Because if everybody on the same page, man, it's like your team is good. You got a good group of guys. Like, we all get along together. I can honestly say my shift that I work with, everybody's on the same page. You know what I mean? But we all get that camaraderie and everybody's in shape. And there's no worries, honestly. You can, you can have no worries. Well, fellas in Middletown, if you're listening, we'd love to have you come to the old school gym. Come out here with Pittman, and we'll put you guys through the ring. It'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. All right. Well, listen, on that note, Pitt, I want to really uh, thank you again for stopping by. really enjoyed listening to your, to your stories. And, uh, Nettie, you got anything else? No, it was awesome. It's great. All right. Signing off, my man. Appreciate it. Yep. Definitely. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the Old School Gym Radio Podcast. Do us a favor. Subscribe, like, share. Hell, even write a book report about how great this podcast is. We really appreciate the support. Thanks for listening. Nettie, you got to get a radio voice. I don't you gotta, have... You got to practice it. I right? can't. Right. I'm going to get a voice coach. This is Nettie. She has, she has a... This is Nettie coming to you live. <laughs> <laughs> she has a voicemail voice, though. I do have a voicemail. No, no. it's like, this is Annette Hello, Grant. this is Annette Grant. Annette. No, I, I, I got to keep it real. <laughs>